old Australian people there help us a lot with everything they can but we feel like I pay so much money in taxes I pay the same as an Australian that I'm happy to but at that time they don't give us anything but what we can do about it today on Dirty Linen we are talking to Alba Badrena Alcover I met Alba in the pandemic. I've met so many good people during this crazy period. Um, I met Alba through the Attica Soup Project. Uh, She's a student and a waiter from Spain. And we've had cause to chat a few times during 2020. Um, But Alba, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Hi, hi, how are you? Good. So what I want you to do, first of all, is tell me what you've just been doing. Well, I just finished work, thanks to you. Um, I'm working at um, Ocean Great Ocean Ducks in a pharma in Port Campbell. Um, I found this job thanks to you. I moved from Melbourne to um, regional area. Yeah, I'm so happy. I moved like two weeks ago. And it was my first job. Your first job on a duck farm? <laughs> Yes, and my first job since, I don't know, from seven months ago. Yeah, right. Wow. So tell me what a day on a duck farm is like. What do you have to do? Uh, nothing. I wake up and, you know, I re- refill water and food. And then we take them for a walk, you know, let them out because they are, you know, organic dogs and they eat, they eat better than me, really. You know, they eat fruit and grain and everything. And then we take them all out and, you know, they're outside on the sun all day. And then, you know, I clean where they sleep. And then at nighttime, around this time, I put them back to sleep and nothing, I refill whatever food again, and that's it, pretty easy, like having a baby. (laughs) Yeah, great. That's so good. So what's the feeling like working on a duck farm? Is it, do you like, every morning when you wake up, are you like, what, I'm on a duck farm, this is crazy? What does it, what does it feel like? No, I feel so happy, you know, I was in Melbourne doing nothing, like, forever, and here is, you know, fresh air, freedom, I love it. I thought, you know, we'll be, it's hard. It's not that, you know, I'm walking around doing nothing. It's pretty hard, but I love it. I really like it. Do you know, in the ducks, they're, you know, they're nice and there is no, they closes and cages. They're only, you know, outside all the time. It's, it's pretty nice. It's like I have, they have dogs and chickens. I love it. You know, I'm from a city, city center and the experience to be in a farm, I, I will never have it. You know, we never think about it. I and mean, I love it. Yeah. What things have you learned about ducks that you didn't know? Well, the eggs, I, they have much protein and fat and vitamins, I, you know, and they, they, I have it for free and I eat it a lot. I love them. And what, what else? Ah. They're, they're, yeah, they're really good. And that, oh, the prosciutto, the duck prosciutto. <laughs> I'm sorry for the duckies, but it's really good. <laughs> That's great. I was going to, I thought you were going to tell me like, like I thought you were going to say something about the duck's character or, you know, that they're cute waggling tails. But in the end, you're like, no, the prosciutto. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in Spanish, I would say jamón. But you know that the ducks, I don't know, they're scary all the time. You walk in, they run away and, you know, they only take the sun. They don't do much, really. You know, eat, drink, take the sun and <laughs> relax. Pretty good life. Yeah, um, yeah I wanted to. So, Alba, tell me about what you were doing in Melbourne before March. 
Oh, before March, I was working everywhere. I was working as a waitress at the Olsen. Then I was working too as a support worker with a woman with a disability. I was doing babysitting. I was doing extras at Misery God's amazing bar in San Kilda, by the way. And then COVID came and like everyone, all my jobs disappear. And then is how I met you at Attica, giving me amazing soup. So happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we miss you at the Soup Project. Today we made a tomato, well, we gave away today tomato, bacon, feta and basil pesto. And I actually, there was some left, so I've got it for my dinner. After we chat, I'm going to go have some for my dinner and I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, and are you studying in Melbourne as well? Yes. Well, I just finished my study, my studies, and I asked for the COVID visa. Was is a 408 visa, but now they, they do like a visa one if you work like in a special areas like farming or with kids or with elderly people. And I just, I'm going to switch because my other visa finished and I'm doing that. But I'm still studying from my home, social work, almost done. Pretty busy with everything. Yeah, that's a lot. You must have been so busy. Um, and what, what brought you to Melbourne in the first place? Why did you decide to come here? Well, I finished my first degree and I didn't want to start to work, you know, nine to five. And I only, I always wanted to visit Australia and I say, oh, why not, you know, work on holiday visa. And I did one year, was living there in Noosa, working really hard. And, but I visit at the first place, Melbourne. I really like it. And I say, oh, why? I don't want it to come back yet. And then I moved to Melbourne. I started to study and I wanted to come back in September. But, you know, with all these COVID visa and now, you know, Europe is much crazier than here. All the plans change, like everyone, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. It, what are plans? We just we just had to let let them all go. And what were you studying in Melbourne? I studied a little bit of everything. First, I started with English. Then I was studying similar to my other degree, like uh, human resources. And the last course was business that I finished already. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Of everything. Yeah, right. Amazing. Yeah. So you lost all your jobs. It's a pretty strange time. Like, tell me about you know, how that was for you, or that it's all those those months without work and watching your money slowly disappear? Well, first of all, you know, when Scott Morrison say, oh, if you don't have anything, go home. I bought a ticket and then it got cancelled, like, you know, like everyone. And then finally I could um, have the money from the superannuation and I did that and I did a clinical study a bit crazy, but you know. Oh yeah, the, the money That's had right. <laughs> the money Tell had. Tell us me about that. What was, the, what was the clinical study? Uh, but nothing. You like a little how you call it, like a bunny. You know, they guinea pig. Guinea pig. Sorry, and they give you a pill, and they try if it fits you good, or you have like a I don't know nauseous or any side effects. And for this, they pay you. You stay there, they give you food, medicines, and they, you know, look you and test you all the time. It's a little bit crazy, but they pay good. And with that in the superannuation <laughs> is how I survived the last well, seven months, basically. It's so crazy because I just, was it, was there a lot of visa workers doing the clinical trials? Yeah, yeah, of course. Every everyone was a foreigner. You know, it was not Australian people. They understand. I mean, in a normal situation, I don't think I would do it. 
but if you don't have another option, it was really safe, you know, I, I didn't even feel anything, but, you know, you don't want it to take strange stuff, and, right, for money, <laughs> it's like, it's really weird. Yeah, yeah. But do you know what they were studying? Uh, it was like an anti-inflammatory. Okay. Yeah, it was not really crazy, but they, I didn't feel anything. No side effects. No nothing. But okay, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, because it's crazy. I remember we we would see you every week at Attica, and then you weren't there for a couple of weeks, <laughs> and then you came back, and you were like, "Some yeah, someone's been giving me pills, and I've got paid money, and it's like." <laughs> This is, I'm sure I'm not understanding properly, but actually I was. Um, and it's just a really weird pandemic, pandemic detour for you. Okay. So you did, you got your super, you did the clinical trial, got some money for that, but then your money was still running out, right? So what, what, what happened over the next? Yeah. Thanks to you. I, I hear the podcast of Ryan that they not, not, I never know how to pronounce it. Now yeah, the Norton's. Hotel. Norton's Hotel. Norton's. Yes. Um, and then you send us an email with, you know, every week with all the news and all the stuff. And I saw oh, maybe it's a, an option to have a free accommodation. I was finishing um, the place that I was living at that moment. And I said, please, me. And then I met Ryan. He was amazing. And he made me say the best room at this hotel for free because, you know, um, the, he have a tail on the top and the bottom he have a pub the shoe is open or oh, it will be open soon everyone please go there have a beer in my name um yeah. and it was so nice and I was there by myself they had me with everything too was there a couple of weeks until you find me to the job on the ducks and I moved to regional area it's it's pretty I mean when you look back on this year and you know hopefully things now are going to start to get simpler and less crazy, but it's going to be, you know, 2020 is going to be a year that you'll have a lot of stories to tell about this year. Um, <laughs> Most of them I can say to my family, but <laughs> only here in the podcast. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's interesting, you know, like we've obviously connected through these particular ways and, and for people who don't know, I've got a, a mailing list. I started it in, yeah, probably just in the middle of March when everything started happening. And I realized that people on temporary visas were not being looked after and that there was so much information and it was so confusing. So I started, I opened up a mailing list and I've been sending out newsletters. The next newsletter that I send out will be newsletter number 50. And in those newsletters, it's just any kind of info or articles or just, in, yeah just stuff that visa holders might um want to know and um I met so many lovely people through that including yourself Alba and I mean you're saying I think you know one thing that I've realized through it and and you're um I guess you've been the beneficiary of it in terms of having finding a place to stay and now finding a job but I think uh what I've realized is that people are so good for the most part and they so want to help and create more good things that it's an, such an absolute pleasure to give people the opportunity to have the pleasure of doing good <laughs> and Ryan such a nice guy had these rooms um, you know obviously understood the plight of visa holders being an employer himself and was so pleased to offer this accommodation Jody, who I've just been enjoying her ducks and um, 
just think she's just they're just they're an amazing great ocean ducks is such an amazing business they obviously hit super hard by the pandemic at the beginning because all their trade was to restaurants so it's been you know there are other they're people that i've met through the pandemic as well just because um yeah just when i started thinking about producers and um yeah, so anyway, Jody got in touch with me a few weeks ago and said, you know what, if you've got a visa holder that might want some work, um, we would love to have someone. We need someone to work on the farm. And it was you. So I just, again, you know, she's so happy to have you there. And um, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so with Greg and Jody and the girls, they treat me like one more of their family, you know, and they try to help me with everything. Yeah, well, it's so good. And you know what? I feel like these people like Ryan and Jody and Greg and, the, the, you know, these are people giving you the Australian welcome that I believe that you should have. You know, it's where people uh, want you to be safe, happy and to have the opportunity to contribute as I know you want to. I mean, you've talked about what a hard worker you are. Like you, you know, you're here to do stuff, right? Exactly. Well, it is the only thing that, you know, all the Australian people there help us a lot with everything they can. You know, I was taking some food for the charge and the people were stopping. Can I help with anything? You know, but we feel like I pay so much money in taxes. I pay the same as an Australian that I'm happy to, but at that time to not have anything like even at my job at the hotel I was working there for two years they wanted to give me the job keeper but I couldn't because I was in a temporary visa you know and and it's a shame that uh, privately the people that maybe they don't have that many money to help they help us that much and the government that you know I think we contribute a uh, paying full uh, full tax rate they don't give us anything but what we can do about it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's not only that you pay tax, it's that you also need to pay for your health insurance. It's like you you would have spent a lot of money on courses. Um, you would have spent money on visas. Um, and, yeah, as you said, you bought a ticket to go home because the Prime Minister really made you feel unwelcome and then you couldn't use that ticket. So it's, uh, yeah. It's not the Australia that I think we can live in. I think we can all do so much better by people such as you. And, you know, today I read an article about um, restaurants in Sydney that are now finding it hard to get staff because so many people have left Australia as as they were instructed to. And now they can't, they've got, um, they've got, you know, one person applying for 10 jobs they just don't have enough people applying for those jobs I think that is a situation that was so foreseeable it was obvious every every restaurant employer would would knew that they needed people such as you to be here on the other side when they rebuild their businesses and um, now there is that hole so don't like it what we can do. I know I have a friend in New South Wales and, you know, there was in that place, they were trying to find people. And I said, I wanted to go, but of course, I'm not going to move and pay $3,000 to be in a hotel and wait there for 15 days, you know, because I don't have this money with all this money that I was waiting to work for this. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if when everything, the borders open, what we can do, but... 
I'm hoping that everything, you know, we get, everyone gets the vaccination and it's not, at the winter time, it's not happening again, like in Europe, that you can see everywhere in Europe, they're really bad at the moment. And here, you know, I'm happy to be here and be safe. Yeah, absolutely. Where Where is your family in Spain? In Barcelona. Okay, wow. And so Barcelona at the moment, they've gone into, there's a lot of restrictions that have started up again in Barcelona, hasn't there? Yeah, yeah, totally. They start to close all the bar and restaurant for 15 days. They say 15 days, but it's not going to happen. Like if they have, I don't know, thousand cases a day, only my area, like Melbourne area, it's not going to happen, but the kids are still going to school. But this is what happened. We can, we can afford to be closed forever. Like we were more, the restrictions were harder. They were completely closed for three months. And finally, you know, they're there and they say, oh, they did something wrong. But look, all Europe is the same. I don't think nobody know how to do the things, right? This has never happened before. No one's been through it before, but I think it's such a cautionary tale for Australia and, you know, for, for Melbourne, you know, uh, as we come out of this second lockdown, we just, we cannot go through this again. I, I really, we just, we can't do this again, but, you know, I'm sure. In, I'm sure <laughs> I can't do it anymore. No, and but I'm sure, I mean, no one would have felt like they could do it again, do you know, like. Um, in Barcelona, I'm sure they didn't want to do it again. But then if the situation overtakes you in such a way, I mean, what are you going to do? You, yeah, well, I guess you can you can do what the US is unfortunately doing and just let things go rampant. Yeah, do nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, please. No, please. No way. So, Alba, what do you think, what are your plans as much as, as much as plans are, are possible at the moment? Are you going to st stay on the duck farm for a while? Or what do you, what do you want to do? Uh, we hope so. I was thinking, you know, stay here until Christmas, but I have, the government will decide because this COVID visa, you can ask for, I think it's three, six and 12 months, but then they decide for you how long can you be, you know, in the and in Australia, and then I don't know nothing. I'm, I'm waiting, and then they will tell me, oh, maybe you can be here a month or two months. A lot of people, they telling them until uh, 31 of December, but I don't know. I'm waiting for the visa and, you know, hoping that at the time that they tell me to go in, in Spain or in Europe, the things are better. Like, I really can do a third lockdown straight. Like, I don't know. Maybe I will... <laughs> I will stay. I'm, I'm another duck. I'm gonna stay here at the farm forever. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You'll be, yeah. You'll you'll have your own duck farm next door one day. You'll do. You'll be like, no, it's not duck prosciutto. It's duck hamon. It'll, it'll be <laughs> Alba's ducks. It is so good. You have to try it. Yeah. Well, Amazing. I tried to make, I tried to cure a duck breast actually a few months ago. It's one of Jodie and Greg's beautiful ducks. And yeah, because I had their book, The Great Ocean Duck Cookbook. And yeah, I just, uh, anyway, it, it was so salty because I didn't, because I'm not a, I'm not a chef. I didn't know. So when it said to salt it, it didn't, it didn't specify to rub, like wash the salt off before you leave it. So basically it, it had, it sat, it sat um, there hanging in my fridge for a couple of weeks, um, basically with the salt penetrating through every single fiber of this uh, beautiful duck breast and turning it into a salt block. Um, so yeah, I need to get another one and do it properly. But <laughs> anyway, 
you got to make mistakes to learn in this life. Sorry. I can't help you with that. I'm a super bad cook, but my, I'm a great eater. I can eat you know, all the good stuff. Oh, what a shame. You have to try this, them. I'm going to try it again. <laughs> um, so do you think... Do you think that the this experience has has changed you? Like, do you feel like you're going to you have your dreams changed? Have your thoughts on life changed, or are you just waiting for to you know get back to normal? Tell tell me, tell me. Well, I will never think in working in a farm. Like when I say to my family, to my niece, and say you in a farm with animals. You know, I'm a really city city girl. You know, like I have like a how you call it in my hands, like from work, like a the blister uh yes from working you know i was waitressing in a five-star hotel you know and now i have i don't know a thousand five hundred ducks to you know feed and go around with them and some ducks and some chickens to take care of like but i think like everyone not only me you have to do another stuff to survive and you do it right can be you know be at home and close and crying saying oh my life changed and what is my dream they're not gonna happen no i think we are much better than the rest of the world like with you know the the people that get sick or get died that is you can compare here if you compare australia with the united states or with europe it's like you can compare i think we we have to be happy with where we are where we can do right and Nothing. Getting used to and my dreams will be the same. When everything goes better, come back home and I finish my studies and try to work as a social worker. And that's it. Keep going. Yes, we'll all keep going. Alba, it's so great to have you on the podcast to share your story. Um, enjoy the ducks and, yeah, enjoy that fresh air and I look forward to hearing what your next steps are. But it's been, an, it's been such a joy to be able to meet you through this crazy year and, yeah, thanks for telling your story. But please, I wanted to say thank you again for everything super publicly that everyone knows because you helped me and everyone even with the chit chat on Thursday when I was taking the soup it was so nice when you know you live alone and you don't talk with anyone to have a little chit chat and you know these emails helping us and telling us all the news every week it's very 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 helpful and you don't know how to say thank you for this I wanted to say thank you to you I don't know how to say it differently in the podcast and everything you need Barcelona you have a house Oh, you're so lovely. But, you know, I feel, I guess, you know, when someone says thank you, then the response is you're welcome. And I, if I say you're welcome, I really mean that. And what I mean is that you're welcome in Australia and anything that I'm doing, it's just an action to try to display that welcome. And I know there are so many people standing beside me who share that welcome too. So, Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your story. And yeah, it's just been an absolute privilege to get to know you a little bit. Thanks, Alba. Thank you, Dani. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Dani Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We wanna hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au 
or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production.